Welcome to the CMB Fantasy Football League Podcast. Welcome back into another edition of the CMB Fantasy Football League Podcast. It is Wednesday, October 3rd, as we record episode 95. I would say I'm joined here by Zach Henson, but Zach has taken his bye week a little early this year, week five, but he's in Florida right now. I'm joined instead by a former co-host, a longtime member of this podcast, a member of CMB, Matt Suggs of Strongside. Matt, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm used to the with me as always is Zach. I am too. Yeah, I'm excited to be back though. Yeah, we're glad to have you back, man. I know you've you've been through a lot in the last, uh, what, would you say year and a half? How old is Micah? Micah is 15 months old and walking yeah. all over the house. So, so the last year and a quarter or so, you've you've moved homes, right? Micah's been born. You've had a lot going on. Yeah, we ha- we actually haven't moved probably for the first time in a long time. But uh, in the last two years, we have. Um, and, uh, you know, just work, 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 work all the time. Right. Youth, youth ministry is is always full of weird schedules, which don't bode well for podcasts. Exactly. Yeah. So fortunately, Zach and I have a little bit more flexibility. We're able to host this, but I'm glad you're on, uh, Matt. I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to take a bye week like Zach. If I do, it'll probably be sometime later in the season. So maybe you'll be able to come back on with Zach. Yeah, that'd be fun. Episode 95, not a, a lot of numbers here, Matt, but I know and I may call you Zach throughout this podcast. So if I do, I apologize. But for 95, the first one that came to mind was Miles Garrett. Uh, Garrett was the first overall pick to the Cleveland Browns in 2017. And he's only played in 15 games because he had some injuries last year, but 11 and a half sacks already really early in his career. Uh, so the best 95 I could think of. And then Matt, this next one's a little unconventional, but when I hear 95, for some reason, I think of windows 95. Yeah. Which I think you, what you were probably like, what, like a sophomore in high school around then? Yeah, Yeah, I was 14. 14. So what, what do you remember about Windows 95? Uh, my dad bought me a computer, which was probably safer than buying your teenager a computer today. Yes. With dial-up internet. But I remember that Windows 95 was the first um, extremely intuitive, easy-to-use operating system. And uh, we loved it. But I, I have another unconventional 95. Let's hear it. Because when I hear 95, the first thing I think of, especially football-related, was that was the first year that I bought a Madden football game. Back when John Madden was still on the cover. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you knew who was on the cover. It was John Madden. And it, it, was was on John- my, it was on my Sega Genesis in 1995. That was a great gaming system ahead of its time, uh, kind of like the Sega Dreamcast. A lot of Sega systems were ahead of their time. That's probably why they didn't last. But, yeah, John Madden was on the cover, I think, until 2000 when Eddie George was on. Yes, that's right. Yeah, so, and we mentioned last week, too, the 94 uh, lockout in baseball or the, the sit-out, whatever, whatever they called that. But 95, if Zach were here, Zach would get to talk about his Braves winning, this, winning the World Series in 1995. Uh, oh, man, he, <clears throat> 1995, my dad cut tomahawks out of plywood, and uh, we sat in the house and watched every game of the World Series. It was, it was great. It's kind of uh, it's kind of nice now. It's kind of poetic because the Braves are back in the playoffs, and and now we're hosting this podcast. Zach's probably the biggest Braves fan I know. Oh yeah, would you say Absolutely. the same? Easy. So yeah, episode ninety five. This one should be good. We're getting close to that hundredth episode. I think we're gonna try and plan something special, Matt. But let's move on here. What was the best part of your week? The best part. The best part of my week. We just got back from the beach. 
So we um, went to the beach last week. We got to ride bicycles. Micah got to enjoy the ocean for the first time walking. Nice. Um, it was a great, it was a really good trip with Angela's family. Um, and then I got to watch every snap of the Titans game Sunday with Micah. And um, we taught him how to do the touchdown hands when Corey Davis caught the touchdown. And uh, it was pretty special. It was a cool day. It was a good game. Yeah, that was that was also the best part of my week. Uh, I, I went to the game. You know, I, I realized Sunday, I haven't missed a Titans home game since like 2015. And I almost missed this one. But I was like, no, I've got to keep the streak going. We went without having tickets. And then we scalped. And we realized our tickets were in the, the nosebleed section. So we're walking up the turnstiles and I'm just like head down. Cause I, you know, I, I realize I sound really bougie and extra right now. Yeah. You're a ticket snob now to use some millennial terms. I usually sit lower bowl. So our tickets are in the upper section. And as we're walking up the turns, the, you know, turnstiles isn't the word. Uh, what are those called? The ramps. Yeah. The ramps, I guess <laughs> we're, we're walking up the ramps, the corridors, if you will. And we look over and one of the do not enter, doors is kind of cracked for the club level so my roommate and i we just kind of grab it real quick and we snuck in the club level found two seats where no one was sitting sat there the whole game and our vantage point was right in that corner where Corey davis caught the game-winning touchdown in overtime so it was a really really cool game one of the that was probably the best game i've ever been to at nissan stadium that was awesome the crowd was was nuts my, and again, like where I was sitting was the visiting side. So mm-hmm. I was surrounded by Eagles fans, which kind of made it sweeter in a way. But with that, Matt, let's take a trip around the league. Let's take a trip around the league. Not a lot of league news this week, Matt, but there are a ton of injuries. I can't a lot remember, of injuries. I cannot remember seeing this many injuries in a single week. And it's been so long. And I guess this really means that football's back. I mentioned with Zach last week that October is here. So October football is back, which means injuries are back. So, Matt, let's just run through some of these really quickly here. Two tight ends that are out for the next couple of weeks at least. O.J. Howard uh, on my team, Tampa Bay Bucks tight end. Sprained his MCL last week against the Bears, and he's out two to four weeks. And, you know, fortunately for me, I'm only going to miss him for probably a week or so because he has a bye week this week. But Mm. uh, I desperately need a tight end. So, I might be hitting the trade block. I feel like tight ends are hard to come by this year. Very hard. And we will talk about that in the fab recap in, in a bit. But another tight end is Will Disley. Uh, belonged to Big Orange Bullies. Now is, a, uh, I guess, a, a free agent because he's out for the season. Uh, torn patella tendon, now on IR for the Seahawks. Rough go for Will Disley, who really was not the starting tight end to start the season. He had a big week one. A lot of people around fantasy football throughout Yahoo made some big moves to get him, and now he's done after just a few weeks. Next one here, Dalvin Cook for H&F is going to be out, probably going to be out again this week. Another did not practice on Wednesday, and it's looking now like trading away Saquon Barkley is a big miss for H&F and a big win for East Coast Wombats. Uh, Matt, since that trade following week two, I know he's been injured. But Cook has scored just two points to Barkley's 44. It's the curse of the Dalvin Cook trade, man. It happened to me last year. Yeah, you just you don't want to do it. I mean, fortunately, you had Latavius Murray after spinning quite a bit on him, I believe, right? Yes, a lot, yeah. Uh, so, and we'll talk again, Fab recap here in a little bit. But 
yeah, Dalvin Cook still injured off that hamstring. Another running back from that same draft class, Leonard Fournette of Big Orange Bullies with a hamstring. He's already been ruled out uh, for Sunday's matchup with Kansas City by head coach Doug Marone of the Jags. Uh, so it's just it's not looking good for Fournette. He's been injury prone through two seasons already. I think he's missed like eight games through you know just a year and four games here. He was the last pick of the first round in CMB, you know, by Chase. He's played in just two games and carried the ball just 20 times this year. So not really good for Chase so far. No, that hurts. Another one that hurts is the guy who I, I think he's missed a game every single year of his career. Best tight end in the league, but he can't stay healthy. That's Rob Gronkowski of IDP still suck. He's got an ankle injury. He practiced Wednesday, but reporters around New England are saying he's doubtful for Thursday night's game with the Colts. So I wouldn't expect Gronk to play. And in that same game, man, this is just wild. I, I guess they're already calling out all of these guys, but the Colts have three players who are already ruled out for Thursday night with the Patriots. That's T.Y. Hilton, who belongs to the Almond Brothers. He's got a hamstring. And then Jack Doyle, also the Allman Brothers, has a hip injury that sidelined him for a few weeks. And then you and John, strong side, you guys have Marlon Mack, who also has a hamstring injury. This is the week of the hamstrings. Yeah, and I think the short week hurts. I think some of these guys may have played if they could have gotten to Sunday. But, but being on a short week, I think that's why Gronk's probably doubtful because I bet he would play if it right. was Sunday. And, and Gronk, the same thing happened last year. Gronk missed the Thursday night football game uh, last season against the Buccaneers. He had a similar injury on a short week. Yeah, so you're right. Good call out there. Probably why he's down. And then the last bit of injuries here, and certainly there were a ton more, the Green Bay Packers receiver core. I mean, Randall Cobb of uh, East Coast Wombats has a hamstring. Geronimo Allison of H&F has a concussion and didn't practice Wednesday. And then I believe Devontae Adams is dealing with a hamstring as well. So not good news for Aaron Rodgers. No, and that hurts. Um, typically, I would, you know, be excited that all these guys are losing their wide receivers, but I have Aaron Rodgers. And yeah. It, he, I, don't, I don't know who's got a worse receiver core, Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. Yeah, that's, that's – I mean, and two, another hamstring injury is Josh Gordon. So, that's yeah. Right. Who knows what's going to happen for New England this week. They do have Julian Edelman back, but we will talk about that a little bit later in our picks of the week. We talked about the injuries here. Matt, let's talk about our league, CMB. Do a quick recap from week four. I, I hate to do this to you, Matt, but I, I think you already have this prepared. Zach being out this week, who usually does our all-pro team, do you have something together for us maybe for an all-pro from week four? I got it. It's a better week this week. Uh, last week was a little low with the 370. So this week, uh, the top quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky. 53 points. He is now on my team, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, wide receiver, Cooper Cup, 37.4 with Tecmo. DeAndre Hopkins, 34.15 with uh, Kevin. Alvin Kamara, 41.1 points with West Coast Wombats. Zeke Elliott, 40 points, strong side. Tight end was Jared Cook. 32.25 points with Greg Coe. The flex position was Golden Tate, 33.2 points for Kemp's crew. The kicker was Will Lutz, 16 points for Kevin. The defense was Green Bay, 30 points for Strongside. Um, and the defensive players were Jadavian Clowney, 23 points, who is a free agent currently. Demarcus Lawrence, 21 points for Your Worst Nightmare. 
Demario Davis, 20.75 points for Big Orange Bullies. Malcolm Butler, 19 points, was picked up by West Coast Wombats. And uh, Ryan Lewis, 18.5 points, bringing the total to 419.35 points this week. Big week. It was a big, big week. I, as soon as I saw Trubisky's numbers, I knew our all-pro team would be back. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I knew people would have to spend some fab to get him. For sure. And we will talk about that in a little bit, like you mentioned. And I know that this All-Pro Week definitely affected the standings. Some big blowouts, I want to say, my matchup included. Matt, what are looking at the standings that you know were, were posted on Tuesday, are there any surprises there after four weeks that you, uh, you saw and were a little shocked by? Um, yeah, the, the one surprise – well, I mean, I think there are several surprises. Uh, West Coast Wombats being number one. I don't, I don't know if it was me, and, and, you know, this is me speaking, trying to act like I'm something that I'm not with drafting. But when I listened to Courtney's draft on draft night, especially before Matt Collins got there, which apparently they were talking on Google Drive, um, I'm, it surprises me that they're 4-0. I would, I would agree with that. Uh, but, but they are. Um, and then, you know, Risher finally lost. I don't know if that streak will continue this week. And other than that, I don't think there are any big surprises. You know, the Almond Brothers are at the bottom. Kevin White finally won, which was uh, exciting for him. Um, And probably the two big surprises to me are that H&F and IDP still suck are 10 and 12 at 1 and 3. Exactly. I mean, who who saw their 1 and 3 starts coming? Yeah, and I think part of it is you look at the points against. IDPs have had, you know, 722 points against. Uh, H&F have have 707 points against. H&F have one of the bigger points for totals, 738 points. Um, they're just having bad luck. But I will say, if, if some of these trades they make, made pan out, it's going to be good for them. Especially now the news that Le'Veon Bell plans to return after their week seven bye for the Steelers. So that, that could be big for them, like you mentioned. Well, I, I think you know, H&F may be upset there, but Zach will be happy knowing his standings in the Pick'em Challenge. Where, where's H&F at there, Zach? I mean, sorry, Matt. <laughs> there it was. H&F is at number two, tied for second with Chase and Reed. Uh, he's in second place to you, Jordan. First place. Podcast host, one and two. Yeah, not surprised there at all. Uh, I will say, though, it, is, it has been funny to hear Zach talk about your new co-manager, John Nichols, being – uh, what's the term? I mean, he he thought he wouldn't participate in the league, that he didn't know anything about fantasy football. And it looks like John has participated more weeks than not in league pick'em. He's participated every week in league pick'em. Now, let me say, let me be honest. I've given John some gentle reminders. Hey, man, make your picks. Right. Um, but, uh, but he's, man, he's busy with his new job and everything going on. It's been good to have a co-manager just to bounce things off of, just to throw him some things. I probably do. Um, I probably do the majority of the work with the uh, with our team, but it's good. It's just good to have a co-manager. It was good on draft night, and um, and it was good this week to bounce the fab off of him before I submitted all the fab transactions. Show me the money. Yeah, speaking of which, let's talk about the fab recap here. And I'm not going to hit up every single one of these. I just want to talk about the main ones here. But we had mentioned last week on the podcast that Strongside, you and John, we were surprised you guys hadn't spent a ton of money yet based on your activity last year. And I'll let you respond to this, Matt. But you guys definitely spent the most in the, in the league this week. 
almost half your budget in one week. Um, Matt, do you want to just jump in to some of your picks? Yeah. Yeah. Um, let me, I'll comment on that first. It, first of all, the way we lost this week was ridiculous. And to lose to Ross and Reed 208 to 205 points is absolute insanity, which caused us to really look at some of the holes and some of the spots we needed to fill. And we know we're coming up on bye week. So we had to do something with that. When you submit fab, you don't ever expect to get this many. Right. So we submitted a lot and I tried to, to be kind of fair in what I thought the value would be. Um, and I don't think I was too far off as, as you go through the recap, but um, I didn't expect to spend that much this week. I, I thought some people would win some of those. The opposite of what happened for you all this week happened to me in that I submitted for four different players, lost out on all four. So I'll recap here a little bit. The first one that, that popped off here was Nick Chubb running back for the Cleveland Browns. You guys got him for $15. And Kemp's crew was the next highest bidder at 11 followed by IDPs at 7 bucks. So not a huge delta there between you and the second-place bidder. But, man, talk about a big week. You know, Nick Chubb goes off against the Raiders. Really looks like he could move up, but he's still in a backfield, you know, with Duke Johnson and with Carlos Hyde. So no one really knows kind of what's going to shake out. But, you know, for $15, that's not a bad gamble. Yeah, in this league where running backs are a premium, you've got to do what you got to do. And it could be fool's gold because what do you have, three carries? Three carries and like 100 yards and two touchdowns, right? Right, right. So uh, if he gets three carries every week, then we've wasted $15 because he's not going to break two long touchdown runs every week. But – it also could be a situation where, you know, they've already gone with the rookie quarterback. And um, if he has a hot hand a few times, they could start going with him. Because Carlos Hodge's his, his average yards is like 3.3 or something. So, um, so I mean, I hope, I hope they hand the ball to Nick Chubb and he goes. Chubb was selected with the 11th pick in the seventh round in our league by Jordan Iwanazin and then was dropped by Jordan on September 25th after he put up just 4.35 points through three weeks. So a week after Jordan drops him, he has a big week for strong side over 20 points. So basically you and John got a seventh round draft pick for the cost of 15 fab dollars. Well worth it. Well worth it. Another one here. This is one that I think some people may be surprised by, but you talked about him earlier, had a huge week quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky. It's Mitchell, not Mitch of the Chicago bears awarded to strong side for $17 H&F, though, bid 13 East Coast Wombats, $4. So you, you went out over H&F, and you get the quarterback. Matt, I think you guys who, – who are the other quarterbacks that are on strong side? What, what made you decide to go with Trubisky there? Uh, we have Aaron Rodgers, and I think we have Case Keenum. And Case Keenum – and I think Denver's doing okay, but he's not putting up good fantasy points. So we needed to – I just thought it would be good insurance to have somebody – and it could be one of those situations where you hit on him and hit big because he looked he looked really good last 300, week. 354 yards and six passing touchdowns against the Bucs. Uh, he, so he had 53 points in week four. But the weeks before, 15, 18, and just seven-point weeks. So, like you said, this could be the start of something new for Chicago's quarterback, uh, a guy that you really will only need for one week or if Aaron Rodgers goes down. But it's, it's good to have that security. Well, and Chicago's one of those teams that could go on a run because their defense is solid. 
And if they start to get some energy, um, good things could happen with him. And I think I, I'm pretty sure that I got Mitchell Trubisky last year on the fab and spent way too much and nobody spent anything else. Right. So this is the second year that I've, I've picked up Mitchell Trubisky after a big week. Next one here, Kiki Kuti, and sometimes I think some people have to look up how to pronounce that. Third receiver for the Texans, but he's the number one receiver currently in targets after I think he had 15 targets last week for the Texans. Uh, Tecmo Power Runners picks him up for $8, beats me out based on waiver priority. I also oh. submitted $8. So that one was brutal for me. I really wanted QT. Uh, I, I, have, I think I have plenty of wide receiver depth, but that would have been nice. Yeah, and if Fuller stays hurt, he's going to jump over him. Correct, yeah. So that was that really would have been a, a nice help. I mean, in a PPR league, Kuti is the guy to have right now because he's playing the slot with Deshaun Watkins. Excuse me, Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. Uh, next player here was Mike Davis, running back for the Seahawks, goes to Kemp's crew for $5. West Coast Wombats also bid 5 but he goes to Jake. And then strong side again, you guys take the tight end C.J. Uzuma from the Cincinnati Bengals for $8. I bid $4 here, and I was a little hesitant because Tyler Croft is mm-hmm. going to be splitting you know, targets with him at the tight end spot following the injury to Tyler Eifert. So he goes for $8 strong side. Yeah, Trey Burton's on a bye. We needed to have a good tight end. We didn't have any other tight end on our roster, so we needed to spend something on him. Don't want to talk too much about IDPs, but Malcolm Butler goes to West Coast Wombats for $6. And the only other bid was your worst nightmare for $0. So uh, I never thought I'd see Malcolm Butler go for this much. This just kind of proves that fantasy value and real-life value sometimes don't match up because Malcolm Butler, I don't want to use the G word or the T word, you know, garbage or trash, but has not been very good for the Titans through four weeks. I would just say they're not getting a good return on investment after paying him $64 million in March. Yeah, but fantasy-wise, he had a good week. Sure. Um, in fact, he, um, he's been fairly consistent because we considered – John and I talked about picking up Butler. He's had a 13-point week, an 11-point week, and then a 3-point week, and then a 19-point week. So, when I pick up guys uh, – when I look at IDPs, I try to find somebody that doesn't just have one big week but's consistent, and I would take that. If I'm getting double digits out of all my IDPs, I feel pretty good about it. One guy that's been getting double digits, this is the next one here, Anthony Walker, linebacker for the Indianapolis Colts. Their IDPs, the Colts this year, have been studs in fantasy, but H&F gets Anthony Walker for $9. Strangely here, H&F also bid $7, so they upped their <laughs> bid by 2 and they didn't have to because the next highest bid was pacing your face at $0. So uh, they spent 9 there when they didn't have to, but Anthony Walker, the biggest IDP name at least this week, and uh, that kind of wraps up those names. The non-competes here, two names here, Avery Williamson and IDP. Uh, you guys took him for 8 bucks when no one else bid, but, again, had a huge game on Thursday night football. Yeah, and I'm, that was reactionary because IDPs have been going a lot higher than I thought they would all year. So It's the mind game for sure. Yep. And then two tight ends here, one, two big orange bullies, and that's Charles Clay of the Buffalo Bills for $7. And Jeff Swaim also goes to big orange bullies, Dallas's uh, tight end for $3. So Chase spends $10 on two tight ends that no one else bid on. So those were your non-competes. And with all that in mind, Matt, we're kind of rolling through this quickly here, but let's, let's get to one of our favorite parts, and that's the picks of the week. Picks of the Week. 
First matchup, Matt, is we'll just talk about Zach while he's not here. H&F Industries, the 10th-ranked team versus Gregco, number 11. I like to do names, nicknames for these matchups sometimes. Matt. I like them. I like them. This one, this matchup is Groom versus Best Man. Everyone knows Greg was Zach's best man in his wedding, I don't know, some 10, 12 years ago. And so this one's Groom versus Best Man, and I'm going with the Groom this week. I'm picking H&F. I, 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 just, I think it's a tough matchup to pick because H&F has quite a few injuries, but, you know, Greg has quite a few players on bye weeks in Jordan Howard, and I think Chris Godwin's also been in his starting lineup. So I, I, I'm picking H&F. Adam Thielen is red hot right now, and Philly's secondary has given up top five points to opposing wide receivers so far. Uh, Washington's coming off a bye week, and their defense has given up the second fewest points to quarterbacks. So I don't, I don't know if Drew Brees is able to get it done this week. Uh, so I'm, I'm picking H and F. I'm going to pick. Let's go. I'm going to pick Greg Co. I'm going to pick Greg Co. This week, Dalvin Cook's hurt. Geronimo Allison has a concussion. Josh Gordon's still hurt. Um, I like Thielen. I like Rivers. Um, but I'm, I don't know. I'm just not sold on their wide receivers unless Des Bryant gets signed this week, which they're still hanging on to him. So, um, but no, I'm going to go with Greg Co. Next one here, East Coast Wombats, the number four ranked team versus Big Orange Bullies. They're at seventh. I'm picking East Coast Wombats this week. You know, I, I want to pick Chase, but he's starting LaShawn McCoy and Charles Clay. Mm-hmm. Neither of them are really great matchups against Tennessee. Uh, and then East Coast Wombats, they get another week of TJ Yeldon as the starter in their flex spot with Fournette still out. And I also think Julio Jones is primed for probably the best wide receiver matchup all season playing against Pittsburgh's secondary that's just been it's probably the worst secondary I've seen since the Titans used to trot out Bleedy Ray Wilson and Cody Sensabaugh George Wilson so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with East Coast yeah and Saquon Barkley is gonna run all over Carolina so I'm gonna go with Ross and Reed uh, when you lose like we did to them last week uh, they just get a courtesy pick from me so <laughs> I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with ECW this week Tecmo Power Runners, number five, squaring off with IDP still sucks. Surprisingly, they're at number 12. This matchup is pride versus humility because if there are any two players in our league who personify kind of the Marcus Mariota, quiet, humble, uh, it would be Jeff and Rob Gaw, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. So those guys are playing for team humility versus team pride and Jacob and Jay, who we know – uh, when it comes to fantasy football, very quick to pat themselves on the back. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not giving them a hard time for that. I mean, they've won two out of, what, four years of being a team together? Oh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, when you got it, you got it. But uh, in this one, I'm picking Tecmo. And I know it probably seems personal because I've picked against IDPs the last couple of weeks, but it hasn't failed me yet. Uh, Gronk is probably going to be out for New England on Thursday night. And because Amari Cooper had a big week last week for the Raiders – that's, I don't expect John Gruden to use him as much this week because that kind of seems to be his style this year. Uh, and then Russell Wilson gets a really tough matchup against the Rams defense. So, you know, it's, it's tough. Like, I'm picking Tecmo because I, I expect a big game for Cam, too, following, uh, you know, Carolina had a bye week this week, this past week. And Juju Smith-Schuster has basically stayed on par with Antonio Bryant when it mm-hmm. comes to points. So, I'm picking Tecmo. Yeah, um, I'm going to pick Tecmo, too. The big, the big thing for me is in his flex spot, and that's Cooper Cup. Because Cooper Cup, man, I mean, he is a PPR right. machine. And Russell Wilson went way lower in the draft than I thought he would. And um, 
because he was a he was a fantasy football stud last year, but mm. but man, he's uh he's not having a great season. So I'm gonna go with Tecmo. Yeah, points are not to be had right now in Seattle, like on either side of the ball. So mm. uh no surprises there. Dragon Energy, number three, previously the number one spot for a few weeks, but he slipped last week, Grish, and he's playing against the Almond Brothers. They're at last place. This matchup is Almonds versus Slim Jims. That's good. I like that. The pick, I'm picking the Almond Brothers this week. I, I haven't been picking against Rish because the Rish gets richer. Excuse me. The Rish gets <laughs> richer, as we know. Uh, Joe Mixon may be back this week. and He could move Rish's flex spot over from, from Tyler Boyd. But Julian Edelman is also back for James and Blake this week. And if New England can play you know, Thursday night like they did Sunday against the Dolphins, Almond Brothers can really have this matchup locked up within Thursday night. I mean, they have Brady and they have Edelman. Plus, T.Y. Hilton's out for the Colts, and they have Ryan Grant in their flex spot. So uh, it, this could be a, a good thing for the Almond Brothers. The news Monday that came that Le'Veon Bell plans to return in a few weeks, that could light a fire under James Conner, who's playing against Atlanta's rush defense. And uh, I, I'm going with the upset. Man, I picked Rish, but you've almost talked me out of it. So going with, I'm, I'm going to stay with Rish, um, but, uh, but I may change it. Next one here, West Coast Wombats, the new number one team versus uh, you, Matt, strong side, number six. This one's the attack of the Mats. I like that. So Matt Collins versus Matt Suggs, the original Matt. I'm picking West Coast Wombats, unfortunately, Matt. I'm sorry. And here's why. Aaron Rodgers' top three wide receivers are injured this week, like you mentioned earlier. Uh, no surprises there. Lamar Miller is banged up, not really looking like a top five salaried running back like he is. He's a top five paid running back. It still blows me away. Wow. And then C.J. Uzuma, he's, he's an unknown tight end. He's splitting with Tyler Croft, like I said. And then for West Coast, man, they have Jared Goff, who has a really nice matchup with Seattle's secondary. You know, that's missing Earl Thomas for the rest of the year. And uh, if, if Goff favors Cooks over Woods, I'm definitely picking them because you have Woods. So <laughs> I, I think this is, this is going to be a good matchup for West Coast. They have Derrick Henry, who really needs to show up for the Titans. He's, he's referred to his early season performance as trash. And good, because I, I was going to say it was garbage. So that yeah, he, he's called it that himself. And I think Buffalo might be a prime matchup to get running. Um, well, I'm going to pick my team. Uh, I have no business picking my team. There's no reason in the world to pick my team. I don't really have any reason to tell you we're going to win. Aaron Rodgers has nobody to throw to. The Detroit defense is tough. But anything can happen. I mean, we had a 205-point week last week. So, who knows? I really wish Zach were here for this one just because he's had so much fun talking about collusion. This next one <laughs> is Kemp's crew – uh, number two right now versus pace in your face. I'm sitting there at, at number nine. This one is the collusion case. Uh, that one's for, that one's for Zach. And look, I, I know you didn't want to do it earlier, but I am picking against myself and I'm picking Kemp's crew, which I know Zach will say is collusion in itself. Wow. This, yeah. this will be, this will be the rare time I pick against myself, Matt. And I, I've just lately, I have gone from optimist to pessimist when it comes to my team you know, my starting tight end is out for a few weeks in O.J. Howard. Giovanni Bernard and Tevin Coleman are back, you know, to being number two running backs with, with you know, Mixon and Freeman back for, for Cincinnati and Atlanta. And then Sammy Watkins now has a hamstring. So I just – I don't trust my matchup this week at all. And then for Jake, he gets to have Big Ben playing in one of the worst secondaries in Atlanta. 
Christian McCaffrey's coming off a bye, and Sony Michelle is coming off a week where he had 25 carries. So I think Jake wins this week, and it's not even close. Yeah, yeah, I pick I picked Kim Screw as well. Um, and you, you've said it all. I mean, Marcus Mariota's back. I wish you would have had him in your lineup last week. That would have felt – that would have been really nice. Oh, um, I know. Kareem Hunt, he's turned it on. But, uh, but I think Roethlisberger, McCaffrey, and Ertz have great matchups. I think Jake's got you. Last one here, last but not least, is your worst nightmare, who was in last place, now at 13, squaring off with Isaiah 4031. And before we do this matchup and, and we talk about this a little bit, let's bring on a guest we've not had on in quite some time. It's time for the Call of the Week. Making his first appearance on the CMB Fantasy Football Podcast in some time. It's been a while, but we're joined by Kevin White of Your Worst Nightmare. Kevin, how are you doing? Hey, what's going on, guys? Kevin, I'm not sure if you listened last week, but Zach Henson, when he was making the pick uh, in your matchup last week with J&J, he said that maybe Kevin should change his team name and, and get some, some good luck this week because he's, he wasn't a fan of Your Worst Nightmare. Uh, but you turned it around with a big win. Do you have a message for Zach, maybe? Are you changing your name? Well, no. No. I, I won, so what difference does it make now? I mean, it's success uh, breeds greater success, so we're not. We're, we'll do it. Yeah, let's, let's talk about that a little now. bit. We're... Let's talk about that a little bit. You got your first win. How good was that to get that off your back, and how sweet was it getting it over J&J in, in week four with that 13.5-point win? last week well to be honest with you it would have been just as sweet as it had been a janitor at a school somewhere that i was playing because i just needed to win but the fact that it was the reigning champions of our league it was very sweet not that i you know wish any bad luck on them but a little ice up there crack would not be so bad Kevin, we haven't seen or spoken to you since the draft. Let's let's recap real quickly. I know it was a few weeks ago, but I want to take you back to the first round. Let's go behind your decision to take DeAndre Hopkins there at number seven overall. He was the second wide receiver off the board. What went into that decision? Are you are you always just been a fan of Hopkins, or did you want to just take the best receiver available at that spot? Yeah, I felt that he was the best receiver left. I wanted to get a, a top receiver. And I already had decided that I wanted to get Watson. So if I could pair the two of them up, that that was a goal if it could work out. Yeah, and you took Watson in the fourth round, eighth pick there, and then followed up with taking Mahomes. There was a, a round or a run on on backup quarterbacks there in the 12th and 13th round. So you you had Mahomes with the 12th round and Watson with the fourth, but it's been really difficult, I'm sure, to decide who to start. How have you made those decisions the last couple of weeks on Sundays? Uh, it's really just been based on matchups, who I think has the best shot at uh, scoring a bunch of points. And it's worked out pretty good. Um, so, yeah, it's it's great. And I think it's uh, it's important to have a great backup. Uh, you always have to worry about somebody getting hurt. So if you've got two guys that can put up some numbers, it gives you a little breathing room. Have you liked having, like you mentioned, the backup quarterback, or would you consider uh, Mahomes or Watson up for trade? Oh, I'd trade them if the right if the right deal would come along. I'd trade either one of them, definitely. Let's let's move ahead. You have a, a matchup this week in Week Five with Jordan Iwanazin. I, I would imagine you see that matchup, Kevin, and you're licking your chops because you see how many players for Jordan this week are on bye or are injured, 
and you're currently favored by about 85% uh, before some of the lineup changes Jordan will make. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on this matchup this week with Jordan? I think we're looking pretty good. I'm not really missing anybody strategic except Evans, and uh, I'm uh, I'm finally getting my uh, running back back that's been on suspension for four weeks, so uh, that'll help a little bit. Uh, give Kamara a little uh, assistance getting some touchdowns at goal line situations. So uh, I, I'm feeling pretty good about it. Are you feeling good? I just looking at your lineup. It reminded me of this trade you made. I think it was week one with Jake Standifer, the first trade of the season in our league. You give up uh, Zach Ertz for Chris Carson, and, and uh, I think Sony Michelle was involved in that trade as well. What went behind that one, Kevin, and, and how do you feel about it a couple of weeks you know, in the rearview mirror? Well, my biggest problem is Hogan. Hogan's been a dud, and uh, it's hard to understand why because Brady hasn't had that many guys to throw to. So the fact that He's still a dud. He hadn't had a great week yet. Uh, it hurts that trade. I was counting on him being somebody that Brady would lean on. Um, Carson hasn't really had – he had a great week um, last week, uh, and that's really the first week he's had. Now, if he comes on and uh, becomes a dependable guy running back, then uh, it's not so bad. I just – I was hurting at running back. I got left out of a run and never got the running back I needed for my lineup. So that's, that's been uh, a fly in the ointment for sure. You've got to be feeling better with Mark Ingram back in your lineup. Like you mentioned, how, how quickly do you expect, you know, New Orleans to put him in there in their backfield? And what do you expect with the, the, you know, the, the share with Alvin Kamara there? Well, last year Ingram was a stud and he got pl- plenty of uh, goal line carries, made a lot of touchdowns. Um, so I think he's going to be all right. The only thing that worries me is anytime you have a holdout like Bill or somebody that's suspended like Ingram, you always run the risk of injury. There, There is no way that they are, are ready for, you know, the, the real deal. If you haven't been there hitting and being hit and all that with uh, preseason stuff going on. So it just remains to be seen. My only fear is injury. But if, he's, if he remains healthy, I think we're going to be great. Speaking of, of injured players, Kiko Alonso, a guy that's been injured a lot throughout his career, but he's always found his way on Kevin White's team. I'm telling you, man, this, this might be the best IDP of the year so far, with the exception of uh, Darius Leonard in Indy. But Kiko, Kevin, 13 points, 22 points, 14 points, 12 points. Should anybody be surprised by this success for your boy Kiko? Certainly not me. Uh I think uh, I think he is the real deal, and it's always been just a question of being healthy, um, and it's still a question going forward. But if if he if he does remain healthy, he's got a nose for the ball. He's he's always making plays. So if we can keep him uh, keep him moving, we're going to be good in shape. Kevin, we've asked this of every guest we've had on since the season started if they have a true you know rivalry within CMB. I don't know if you've spent any time thinking about that, but there is there another team that just over the years you've sort of had that rivalry with, or at least you felt it, it was a rivalry? Uh, not really. Uh, I just have fun playing every week, week to week. I like to do a little smack talking and carrying on, but I, I don't think I would have a a true rivalry, but um, I'm always up for one. Is there any smack talk this week, trash talk like you mentioned for Jordan, or is it all business? 
Well, bless his heart. Uh, I I really don't need to say anything. He's headed south. He's he uh, he's suffering this week with his lineup. I, I think we're going to get a win, and then he's going to find himself down at the bottom of the of the league. And there's no need to to rub that in. It's reality will be enough of a, a bitter pill to swallow. Kevin, you and I are part of a fraternity that will never go away. We're we're two of the first three ice bucket losers, if you will. I know I'm trying like everything to avoid it happening again. Kevin, how important is it to you to to not get that humiliation again this year and and get out of the bottom of of the standings there? Well, I don't really worry about it. In fact, I've just after the first couple of weeks, I thought about just go ahead and getting it over with and dumping ice all over me. But um, <laughs> you know. It is what it is. If it happens, it happens, but I'm not worried about it. I really, truly think that uh, I'm in good shape with a good core of players now that we got Ingram back. If he stays healthy, uh, I think we're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Kevin, I, I haven't heard you on the wake-up zone in a long time. I know you used to, to call in sometimes and talk with your boy Sigmund Bloom, who's a fantasy expert. I haven't heard you on there in a while. What's what's the deal with uh, with the wake-up zone? Are you, is it is it work? What's What's going on? Well, they're not awake when I have to be at work. I have to be at work at 5 a.m. in downtown Nashville. So I could do my own wake-up show if they wanted me to. But, uh, yeah, I'm down there. And, and uh, I work in a call center for uh, safety calls. So I'm taking calls from all over the country at that at that hour uh, from 5 o'clock on. So that kind of takes care of that. I mean, you don't have to give away your sources, but is Sigmund Bloom, is he still the guy for your worst nightmare? Um, no. No, um, I uh, I don't have any one source. I've got about three that I look at from week to week, trying to stay up on things. I don't I don't get to hear him anymore since I'm off the air. So, good point. Uh, hey, lastly, here no Zach this week on the podcast, but I know if he were here, he would ask you like he does everyone. Is there anyone you know? I know you mentioned the quarterbacks, but is there anybody else on your worst nightmare that is on the trade block that you'd like to see maybe moved off your team at the right price? Anyone at any time. We are always up for business. We are open and ready to roll. I do need a, I, I would love, you know, if somebody wants one of my quarterbacks, bring me a nice running back. We'll make a deal. Did you like our trade etiquette talk last week, Kevin? I don't know if you heard that. I didn't get to see it. When I, I think your podcast went like an hour and 27 minutes long, which is longer than some funerals for Pope, so I didn't have time to listen to that long. <laughs> All right. So. Hey, we'll, we'll work on that in the future. We'll cut it down, and I'll, I'll start with cutting this interview here. So, Kevin, really appreciate you coming on, man. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. All right, man. You guys take it easy. Yep, thanks. See you. Matt, what did you make of my conversation just now with Kevin? It was like a different Kevin. I don't know, man. I think maybe being at the bottom um, maybe changes your spirit a little bit. I don't know. He, he's not as, um, not as feisty. Yeah, it's like he's not as like off the top rope, you know. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't he doesn't take the risks anymore. He kind of kind of plays it close to the vest. I don't know. I, it was good. It, it may be that whole having to be at work at five a.m. thing. I think that changes people. Yeah, I mean, it's probably past his bedtime right now. I agree. Yeah, I felt bad having him on this late, but a really great interview, like always, with Kevin. All right, Matt, let's pick this matchup. I have no name for this, but I am picking Kevin, not just because of the phone call we just had, but like usual. Jordan Iwanis and has a few players in his lineup who are on a bye or they're injured. So it's kind of hard to get a true read on his lineup this week. And I'm going with Kevin, you know, kind of for some unrelated reasons. You know, the, the, the Texans may be one in three, 
But Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins are on fire right now. And Jordan has Allen Robinson, Deshaun Jackson, Levante David, and his safety, Adrian Amos, on bye. And Ido Smith is in his starting lineup, who's now the number three running back in Atlanta. So unless Michael Thomas puts up like 50 points, I just don't see a scenario in which Jordan wins this week. Yeah, I pick Kevin. Bye weeks are going to kill Jordan this week. Yeah, agreed. So, uh, again, Matt, really enjoyed having you on this week. We, With Zach being out, we wanted to have some people call in for a new segment we were going to do called Volunteer Voicemail. And it looks like no one volunteered. So, Zach, right now in Disney, uh, in, in Orlando, Florida, has called in and left a voicemail with us for the podcast. Let's go ahead and play that. Shout out to uh, WCW for toying with our emotions, letting us think we had a shot by benching Jared Goff and then unleashing Alvin Kamara. Thanks, guys. I like that, Matt. That was a quick take just about his matchup the week before. So maybe that's kind of what Zach's looking for with these volunteer voicemails. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, just all business, not a lot of smack. Um, kind of giving a tip of the cap to West Coast Wombats, who are now in first place. So I liked it. I feel like Zach was probably in line for a ride at Disney World right now when he, when he sent that voicemail in. He was running to his next Fast Pass that they That's have strategically organized in yep. perfect uh, synchronicity. They're ready to go. Yeah, I, I would believe that as well. Let's throw out that number one more time for people to call in. We really want other people to call in so Zach doesn't have to keep doing this. So the call number again for the volunteer voicemail is 931-292-4848. That's 931-292-4848. That number goes straight to voicemail. You don't have to talk to anybody, no operator. You don't have to talk to me or Zach. Just goes straight to voicemail. So leave us one. doesn't have to be exactly like Zach's, but it, it, we, we want something – kind of under 30 seconds about your team, about maybe just about fantasy football, anything you want for 30 seconds or less. Uh, Matt, we're at the end here. Do you have a tweet of the week? I do. I have a couple. All right, let's, let's get your – would you want to do both of them now or just do one and I do one? No, I'll do mine first. All right, go for it. Tweet of the week. Uh, the first one is uh, a friend of mine, fellow youth minister, David Skidmore. I don't know if you know who that is, but he's at Sycamore Skid. Always has funny tweets. And uh, he is at the beach this week, and he tweeted a couple days ago, I may have gotten a little too relaxed at the beach. I felt like I had something in my ear, walked back to the condo to get a Q-tip, and when I stuck it in, I realized that that thing in my ear was my earbud, and I was listening to a podcast. I probably shouldn't share this. I that Whoa. Was yeah. I just had like an inception moment because I thought maybe he might have been listening to our podcast and that was, yeah, that was weird. I really, I really, I doubt it. Yeah, I highly doubt it as well. Do you have another one? Yeah. Um, do you know about the last Blockbuster video? In Alaska, right? No, the one in Alaska closed. This one is actually in uh, Bend, Oregon. And it's the last Blockbuster video, video and it's uh, at Lone Blockbuster. Um, and they tweeted a couple things this week that I thought was funny. The first one was, if there's a movie we don't carry, simply fill out the film form request. You need the name of the film, the year it came out, the director's name, the country of origin, the country of the cover, the color of the cover, why you want it so bad. And if our entire financial situation turns around, we'll get it in six to 12 weeks. <laughs> And then on September 30th, they tweeted, interested in football, but would rather not face the moral and systemic realities it presents. 
Rent Little Giants, 1994 on VHS. That's awesome. Yeah, so I, I remember being in like elementary and middle school back when Blockbuster and Hollywood Video and all those stores were still open. My parents, we had a we had some kind of card. What Do you remember, Matt, what the, the Blockbuster card was? I mean, I just had the Blockbuster membership card. I think that when, Net, when Netflix came out, like the mail service, they had like a, a rental card you could get, but but we were way past that. Yeah. So this was pre Netflix. I remember the thing to do was on a Friday night, my mom, you know, after school was over, my mom and I, and my, my brothers and stuff, we would go to, we go to blockbuster and my mom would say to, to me and to Justin and Emily, she'd say, you know, you guys can get a kid movie and I'm going to get an adult movie. <laughs> and, at the, and at the time I remember being like, Oh, she's just getting like a, you know, a non kid movie. Mm-hmm. And now looking back, maybe the phrasing adult movie wasn't right there. No, no, that's, we, uh, we had all the college students or several of the college students at my house the other night and Ethan informed them that all the movies under our television were all of my adult movies and they enjoyed that. Yeah. So probably shouldn't have even brought that up on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> so Susan Pace, if you're listening, don't, <laughs> Don't get the wrong idea. Uh, my two tweets of the week, one football related, the other one kind of football related, kind of not, but this one of, uh, this is more of a serious tweet. The New Orleans Saints tweeted, it says, Michael Thomas has been targeted 21 times on first down this season. All 21 targets have resulted in completions for first downs. Wow. That's insane. The dude is, is just on fire right now. I tried to trade for him. With Jordan, I want is in. I'll let the cat out of the bag. It didn't work for me. I really want him on my roster, but uh, he's having a huge start so far for Jordan. Uh, and then my next tweet of the week, this is one of the best tweets I've seen in a long time. One of my favorite Twitter accounts, at PFT Commenter, uh, Steve Palazzolo of uh, Pro Football Focus tweeted, you can't give up half a sack. You either give up a sack or you don't. And PFT Commenter retweeted and said, Lance Armstrong would beg to differ. Oh, no. Uh, so I, I thought that was <laughs> one of the best tweets read on this show. Um, yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Lance Armstrong. Yeah. L- shout, out to, shout out to Lance Armstrong. Shout out to Zach Henson, who's not here. And shout out to you, Matt, for coming on and, and helping me co-host this. We will not take a bye week on this podcast. So appreciate you, you know, being on here. you have anything before we go? No, thanks for only calling me Zach once. I appreciate it. Yep, appreciate it, Zach.